Welcome to the Pensacola People's Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Pensacola People's Podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Daryl Parker. Mr. Parker is a former pilot who fought in the Vietnam War. He is the first veteran we've uh, interviewed on the Pensacola People's Podcast. He's a former baseball player who is also a member of the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you for your service, and uh, thank you for being here today with us. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm, uh, like you said, went to Georgia Tech on a football scholarship and then played uh, baseball when I tore up my shoulder. And then I didn't know what I wanted to do after college, so... I uh, joined the military and then uh, worked in the military and military affairs for, for the rest of my career. Um, so uh, what did you go to college for, actually? What did I go to college for? Uh, yeah. Well, I went to play football and... I have to go to college too. So I just picked uh, Georgia Tech and engineering and uh, that's where I graduated. Um, so uh, I heard you're a former baseball player. Uh, why did baseball appeal to you? Well, I was an athlete. I, I played four sports in high school and then uh, went to Georgia Tech on a football scholarship and I tore my shoulder up and I went and talked to the baseball coach and he allowed me to play baseball. And that's actually where I excelled and did better. Oh, uh, who's your favorite baseball team? Uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, what about MLB? Uh, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan going to Georgia Tech. I was right there with the, the Braves. Saw Hank Aaron hit his home uh, record-breaking home runs. As a matter of fact, oh, that's interesting and impressive. Uh, what was it like being uh, drafted to hit, play uh, professional baseball? Also, what position were you? Well, I started out as a first baseman uh, because their first baseman got hurt when I walked on, and then I was leading the team in hitting, so they moved me to the outfield. And I played outfield the rest of the time. And as far as being drafted by the, I was drafted by the Washington Senators. You don't know who that was, but back then it was uh, the Washington team. And they wanted me to go to uh, a winter instructional league in South America. And I opted not to do that. I joined the military instead. Um, why'd you join the uh, Air Force? I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went up to Georgia Tech to play sports. And then when I saw my future was not very bright, uh, going to a winter instructional league when I was married and uh, I didn't want to do that. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I joined the Air Force and loved it. Uh, why the Air Force over other branches and like Army, Marines? Well, I wanted to fly. Um, uh, would you recommend joining the military to like other young kids today or no? It, it would depend on the circumstance of the young child. 
there are very, very good parts of being in the military and there's some not so good parts. Uh, so if, if you have a struggling child who is, uh, needs something to do, then I would certainly recommend it because you can go for four years, get a college degree. Uh, there's lots of programs set up to help young, young men and women uh, to, to, if, if they don't want to do it, they can give them a background to do something else. Uh, do you have any regrets about joining or uh, nothing? Uh, no, not really. The, we moved around a lot, which was, had both pros and cons. But my first uh, 15 years, we moved 17 times. Um, so say someone were to join the military, would you recommend uh, officer candidate school for them or? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, re it requires a college degree to be, to go to uh, either OTS or OCS or to get your, to uh, be an officer though. Um, is there anything that you'd like warn people about before they join the military? Well, yeah, the, the, I guess the thing I would caution you about is you can't go in the military expecting to, uh, do the best work and go right to the top. It takes, it takes a gradual process going up and the, and the top people don't always get there because they've got different priorities and stuff they'd rather do. Um, after the military, uh, like service, active duty, uh, what did you do? Uh, did you work on any interesting projects? Yeah, I've worked on, uh, when I first retired, I did a lot of uh, electronic countermeasure stuff where we do jammers for jamming missiles and radars and those kind of things. And then later, I was a flight test director for a small diameter bomb that was designed to go in the F-22 and F-35. Um, what role did you play in like researching and building all of those? I was the test, I designed and did the test, uh, ran the test where we evaluate the system. What happens is uh, the systems are developed by contractors, a prime contractor like Boeing or, or Raytheon or, or one of the prime contractors. But we don't take, the, we in the military don't take their word for what they built will do what we ask them to build. So we test it, we evaluate it to make sure it does. And that's what I did. Um, so uh, back to your service, uh, how would you describe your time in the Vietnam War, Vietnam? Um, what prevented you, or what prevented an outright American win uh, in your eyes? Well, uh, North Vietnamese captured general says that the Americans would have won the war. They were ready to quit multiple times. And then we would stop and go to the table with them to allow them to build back up. Had we continued to uh, our efforts, we probably would have won the war. But the, the war ends by politicians and not military. Military goes out to fight it. And, the, and it says it should be too. I'm not 
trying to say that the the politicians are bad or good, but they're the ones that decide. The military don't decide that. So the politicians is the reason we did not win it outright, my opinion. Um, so uh, I know a lot of like troops and veterans were uh, mad whenever they pulled back to the U.S. Uh, uh, how like how did you feel and also how did it affect you positively or negatively whenever you were no longer uh, fighting? Well, when I came back from Vietnam, uh, the, the war was not a popular war, been going for a long, long time, and the public was tired of it. They blamed the military, so the military did, returning military soldiers didn't get treated very well. Uh, you know, you'd walk through the airport and people would spit at you and all that. Uh, but I enjoyed the flying part and I enjoyed the, after we got over that little year or two, when we, when the war was over, when people, um, did not respect the military, then it became good again. Um, so, uh. My teacher told me that you have a friend who would eat a whole pizza and drink a whole pitcher of beer the night before flying. Is that a true story? It also, is. It is. His name was Sugar Bear Claybo. And in Thailand, the food that you had was not American food that you're no normally used to eating. So they, one thing that they did fix that was, was pizza. So he would always order a pizza and get a pitcher of beer and he'd sit there at the table and eat his pizza and drink a beer. Uh, so uh, what was your favorite story from your time in the Air Force? Well, there's a bunch of them, but probably my very first ride in uh, when I was in Vietnam, we there was a place called Anchor Wat. It's a religious uh, section, and we weren't supposed to fly over it within three miles of it because the airplane makes a lot of noise. And we had a MIG chasing us, and we threw flew right over the top of it, and we were doing about six hundred miles an hour, which is makes a lot of racket. So anyway, we get, we got met at the uh, at the steps when we got back and our ops officer was there and he wanted to know what we were doing 600 miles an hour over a no flyer anchor what and i was scared to death it was my very first time i thought i was going to jail or somewhere and this old crusty guy that i was flying with said that's as fast as i could get it running <laughs> so that was uh that's probably a good story uh you flew uh f4 phantoms right yes um so uh, kind of a political thing. Uh, what was your opinion on uh, the Bay of Pigs? Well, I was about your age when the Bay of Pigs happened. So the only thing I remember about it was people building uh, uh, bunkers and stuff in their, uh, in their houses because of all the publicity. The Russians had put missiles in Cuba. I don't know how much you know about the Bay of Pigs, but uh, they'd put missiles in Cuba and that was not a good thing because they could reach the United States with their missiles from there. And it was a big political thing that uh, 
Kennedy did going over and threatening them and saying, get out. And we were ready to go to war with Russia at that time. So, but like I said, I was about your age and most of what I know about it is just like you, I read it in a book. Um, I actually did a uh, project on it, although uh-huh. it was more based on the general Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, there was this uh, interesting person, um, I can't remember his name right now, he was a uh, Soviet admiral. And they'd actually told him, Nikolai Arkhipov, that was his name. Um, and they told him to put in the launch codes for the submarine with yeah. like a nuclear missile or something. And yeah. uh, he and uh, like the second admiral, I think, um, they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to war. And so they prevented an outright war, although they immediately got court-martialed by the Soviet Union. Uh, upon their return, although the third admiral that was on the sub, um, he was like praised. But uh, later, Putin uh, actually not saying he's good or bad, not doing anything. Uh, I was just saying, um, Putin actually released him and bailed him out from prison um, for not st- starting a war. Yeah, that would not have been a good thing. We were talking nuclear war weapons at the time and they they'd have killed a lot of people. Uh the the ship blockade that ended the thing eventually uh was where we almost went to war with the Russians. We were blocking their ships from coming in. So um do you like to talk about your time in the military? Uh if so, why or why not? Uh, I don't mind talking about it. It's not something that we bring up. There's, there's, like I said, there's an awful lot of good times and an awful lot of bad times. Uh, I had to stay away from the family uh, for long periods of time. And uh, we moved an awful lot, which was good and bad. The kids got to see uh, a lot of the country and different countries. Uh, So I, I don't mind talking about it. It doesn't bother me. Some people it does, but it doesn't me. Uh, I just know, like, I, I know some veterans, including my grandpa, who really doesn't like to talk about uh, what he did. So, he, was, uh, it, was, he a, was he combat, hand combat? He was a Green Beret, one of the first people in Afghanistan. Um, there's even a book, he's not included in it, although it talks about what he did. I think it's called First in Afghanistan, um, mm-hmm. something like that. And it talks about all the CIA involvement, trade deals and everything. And yep. so. Yeah, I, I flew with some Air America guys when I was at, uh, that was CIA, code name for CIA people. And the stuff that they did on the ground, most of them don't like to talk about it. Now, when I flew, I was at 30,000 feet, didn't see who I was killing. The guys like your grandfather fought hand to hand and they actually saw the people that they had to, had to kill. I've got a uh, brother-in-law who had to do that and he didn't like to talk about it at all. Um, I know, uh, 
a lot of the snipers also struggle with that. And that's part of the biggest reasons. And I also think that that's what separates like normal snipers and awesome, like supposedly awesome snipers. Um, anyway, so yeah, my grandpa doesn't like to talk about it for quite a few reasons. So uh, also um, another thing is when the snipers shoot too much, then I forgot what they call it. I was wondering if you knew the name of it. It's where PTSD. like, never, sorry? PTSD? Um, no, uh, they just can't stop shooting after they fire like the first bullet. And then they'll like, I don't know, something just cracks mentally. No, I, I don't know that. Um, anyway, so uh, I have one last question. Okay. Um, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy? <laughs> I hope I was a good father and a good parent uh, to my kids and a good uh, husband to my wife. The other stuff that I did was job related or the sports side of it was early uh just doing what I enjoyed. <laughs> um, so uh, I think that's it, unless you have uh, anything left to say for us. Uh, no, I enjoyed it. I would recommend the military for people, uh, but I recommend you get your degree first and go in as an officer. Then if you don't like it, you've got something to fall back on. All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. Darrell. Um, I had a great time today. Um, it was very fun. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Jacoby. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the Pensacola People's Podcast, produced by the seventh grade class at Creative Learning Academy in Pensacola, Florida. Make sure to check in next week for more podcasts.